Hey, everybody, and welcome back for the 54th episode of the Buffalo Community Podcast. This episode is sure to have more multi-syllable words than this a dictionary. This is the Buffalo Community Podcast, all about the greatest small town in the USA, the people in it, and how it all works together. Here are your hosts, Tyler Reese and Mark Benzer. To get started with the first multi-syllable word, we've got Dr. Lisko, a gastroenterologist or Nailed something that. Or, <laughs> something that, of that from, from Alina Health here. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. So the reason we're here, March, Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Why don't we t- see the 50,000-foot view of gastroenterology, GI, we're going to call it from GI from now on, and colon cancer. So... March is the month for colon cancer awareness in the United States. And I think we need to take a pause and realize that people get sick from things other than COVID (laughs) these days. Um, And colon cancer is a very serious, you know, malignancy in the United States. And we're looking at probably about 50 to 60,000 Americans die from this disease every year. Um, So it is, it is significant. Um, and looking in the United States, it's probably the second leading cause of cancer death of males and third leading cause of cancer death for females. So it's, it's there. That's, uh, that's shocking to, to hear that. Yeah. That's a significant number, especially when we're, when, well, the last year we've seen the news of right. what is seemingly shocking of six deaths. Right. So we're talking about 50, 60,000 yep. yearly, yep. year in and year out. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah, and there was so kind of as it pertains to COVID, um, there's there you mentioned people are getting sick with other things right. besides COVID. How yeah. did you see that in your practice in terms of people staying away from the clinic or being afraid to come to the clinic when maybe there's some more serious issues there? Yeah, you know, I think initially when the shutdown happened, there was a lot of panic mm-hmm. and people were staying away. And then as things started to slow down, I think people started to you know, rationalize and say, hey, it's safe to come in. I mean, I always like to think of Americans as pretty smart and savvy, um, and they're able to make their own individual choices, um, for the time being at least. (laughs) Um, And so patients started to trickle back in. You know, Alina did a very good job of starting kind of this telehealth. Um, And at the time, I think it was better than nothing, right? You know, Um, but... You know, when you're in GI clinic, you, you know, kind of need to examine people's abdomens. And, mm-hmm. and so it was no substitute. And so I, I tried to open my clinic as soon as possible um, just to get people in. And I would say now probably I, in a clinic day, maybe have one or two patients that will do a video consultation. Otherwise, everyone's in person. Mm-hmm. And initially, I think a lot of the older patients were the ones that they're most scared. Sure. You know, and probably rightfully so. They're the most at risk. Um, but then, you know, as you saw the time frame move on to week eight, month two, month four, half a year, so these patients started saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm 72, 73, 74. You know, what is, is the cure worse than the disease? Am I, am I going to, you know, die of COVID or am I going to die of something else? And sure. I'm going to start kind of living my life. Um, and it's, so it's been refreshing. Um, and I think, especially out in the, in the Buffalo community, people are 
hardworking, um, rule followers, salt of the earth people. I grew up in North Dakota, so that kind of reminds me a little bit of okay. you know, where I grew up. Except more trees. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. No trees out there. The yeah. wind would howl off yeah. the prairie in Fargo-Moorhead. It would, it would be cold. But it, the, the people out here are great, and yeah. they just they have common sense, right? Um, and so it makes our job a lot easier at, at Buffalo Regional Medical Center with Alina. The, the patients are great. They know when something's up. They know when they're sick. They know where to go. So let's just talk about that GI. Yeah. If I'm not feeling well. I mean, kind of what's that? It's a serious thing. Right, right. But let's kind of talk about the, the colon cancer part. Who's at risk? Everybody's at risk. And when you, you look at the, the population as a whole, um, the African-American, Native American subset of the population are probably at an increased risk earlier than the Caucasian population. Um, but, you know, men and women are equally affected by colon cancer. Men start out a little sooner, uh, but women catch up. Um, and, you know, I tell patients, especially when I'm just meeting them for a clinic the first time, we're talking to my primary care colleagues, people know their body the best, right? Uh -huh. You can have a physician or a nurse practitioner with 20 diplomas on the wall, but patients know what, what's going on with their body. And when they think something's not right, you need to listen to them. You know, and, and when we look at symptoms for colorectal cancer, sometimes there are no symptoms. We pick up cancer when we're doing routine colon cancer screening with colonoscopy. But symptoms that we do see that are classic for colorectal cancer um, tend to be bleeding, blood in the stool, um, tends to be painless bleeding, not always. Mm -hmm. um, change in frequency with bowel habits. You know, people can be regular like clockwork and all of a sudden now they're having problems with new onset constipation or worsening diarrhea, unexplained abdominal pain that doesn't go away. Um, you start to see weight loss, fevers. Those are all kind of signs of advanced cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so, you know, from a, from a GI standpoint or healthcare system like Alina, our goal is to get people screened so we can pick these up early, even the pre-cancer state, so people don't have to... Mm -hmm go through the sequela of having, you know, advanced cancers sure. and surgeries yeah. and chemotherapy. Colon cancer is incredibly curative if caught early. It's, good. it's one of the mm -hmm. best, you know, cure rates in all of cancers if it's caught stage one. Sure. And I would imagine that's the hardest part is just being the very nature of the conversations that right, you have right. to have with the doctor is getting people comfortable. Right. You know, and they, I'm sure you see people blush all day long. But yeah. just getting, putting them at ease, say, we can talk about this. Right. And, I, you know... I think especially Minnesotans in general, yeah. kind of the stoic Minnesotans. <laughs> yeah. No one likes to talk about bloody diarrhea at the Thanksgiving table, right? Right. Yeah. You know, just we don't we don't talk <laughs> yeah. about that yeah, stuff. That's true. Um, but I think it it is getting more mainstream where people now are, are you know feeling more open and talking about this. They are talking about their family members. You know, did aunt you know June have a history of colon cancer? Did grandpa? Because family history is really important in 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 risk stratifying patients for screening. So people are more more open about it than they were even when I started um, my training in GI about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. I would, yeah, I would imagine you see just, just and it's not just colon cancer, but, right. you know, men I think are a little more susceptible to kicking the can down the road, kicking the can, until it's until it's too yes. late. Yes, yeah. And if we could have copped this last year. Yep. And I, and I would agree. I think as a whole, our female cohort of patients are much better 
at getting in for screening. And I think uh, that yeah. kind of goes with, you know, yearly exams that they're, they're up to date with their healthcare, much more so than men. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% Jenny, if you are listening, I know you are, I love you. <laughs> I'll make that appointment sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometime. Yeah, sometime. Um, I, I appreciate that. Uh, when should people start thinking about getting screened? So it's interesting, um, you know, back when I was in training, we used to think of colon cancer screening for old people, you know, right. 50 and over. And now that I'm 50, <laughs> not so old. 70s old <laughs> right. um, But, you know, the United States Preventative Task Force Services now are looking at decreasing that interval down to starting at age 45. Sure. For patients that have no first-degree relatives with history of colon cancer um, or yeah. advanced polyps. Um, and so I think hopefully insurance and payers are going to start moving where we're going to start moving to an age 45 because, you know, you, you can't pick up, you know, a, a newspaper without reading an article or a people magazine with someone that's young that was diagnosed with colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's more of an issue it, th- with insurance versus I don't want to do the screening if insurance isn't going to pay for it, or I don't want to do this because I'm not an old guy. Probably a little of, of all that. Sure. Um, you know, the insurance companies are great at, at, at providing screening services. And I think that it's a big misnomer in the public that if you go in and get your colonoscopy for screening, it's going to eat up your deductible. And that sure. should not be the case. It should, there sure. should be no deductible for, the, for mm-hmm. these procedures. Okay. I, when we first talked, I asked, do you have a sense of humor? This is where I'm going to ask the first yeah. maybe question that some people are asking or afraid to ask mm-hmm. their doctors. With all the technology we have in the world, mm-hmm. isn't there an easier way than a colonoscopy? There is, and, and we can talk about that at length. I mean, kind of the gold standard for colon cancer screening has always been colonoscopy. Sure. And the, the benefits of colonoscopy are that not only you pick up cancers, but you can pick up polyps okay. and remove them before they turn into cancer. Okay. And, and there's a well-established timeline of when you form a polyp to how long it takes to turn into a cancer. I think people sometimes think if they find a polyp in my colon, it's like, you know, going to turn into cancer tomorrow. Sure, right. And it usually takes 7 to 10 years for that polyp, if it forms, to have a second genetic mutation to turn into cancer. Yeah. They're very slow growing. So colonoscopy has the benefit of finding those polyps and taking them out so that they can't grow and turn into cancer. Mm -hmm. Sure. So that's the benefit of a colonoscopy. Colonoscopy does have some inherent risks with it. I mean, there um, can be what we call a perforation, which can be a a tear in the colon, and that'll that'll wreck your day very quickly. (laughs) Imagined. Uh, Yeah, you're you're in for emergent surgery. It's rare, but it can happen. Um, There are bleeding complications. Um, plus, you know, this is kind of that the hassle of having to go through the whole prep. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, no, no one wants to sit and... <laughs> I've heard. It, there's fasting, right? There's fasting, there's, there's fasting you know... Pretty the, significant? Eh, 24 not, hours? Not horrible the night okay. before. Oh, okay. You know, usually, um, you know, clear liquids the day before, and then you you have to drink a concoction to, yep. to get you cleaned out. But yep. it's, it's, it's better than it used to be. Sure. Um, you know, you don't want to drink it and then go with your, you know, spouse or family out to eat. You know, you just going <laughs> to... Sit home and watch Netflix. Sure. But it's not horrible. Clear the schedule. Yeah. And then, you know, when you the the procedure the next day, and I I have to really give kudos to Alina at Buffalo. They do an amazing job for colonoscopy. Some of the best that I've seen in the Twin Cities. Um, We have anesthesia there, so you you get a sedation from them that is second to none. 
um, you feel no discomfort. So mm -hmm. there's no pain with the procedure. Okay. And then they, when we were doing colonoscopy, we have to put air into the colon, right? You have to, the colon its normal state is flat. And so you have to open it up to be able to see things. Sure. Um, it has been in the past and still used at a lot of facilities. They just use room air. So when you're done, you feel like you're a balloon and you're ready to just kind of float away because you have so much <laughs> gas. But um, at Buffalo, they use CO2, which is important because it just diffuses through the wall of the colon. So afterwards, you've had a painless procedure and you don't feel bloated. Oh. You're, you're ready to hit Taco John's on the way home. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything more. <laughs> but, you know, you hear horror stories, and everyone yeah. has horror stories from colonoscopies even 10, 15 years ago. And, and sure. as with everything, technology improves, and it, it just gets better. But So that's colonoscopy in a nutshell. There are less invasive um, ways to screen for colon cancer that I think are starting to become more in vogue, and maybe a, a little of it as a result of the whole COVID thing, and mm -hmm. people are scared to leave their houses. Sure. Um, but there's stool tests. And, and one is called the FIT test, and that is a fecal immunochemical test where you just take a small sample of stool and send it into the lab, and it's looking for hemoglobin. Which is a, if, if you have a, a large polyp or cancer, it's probably yeah. bleeding. It'll pick up on that. Sure. And that has the benefit of you just you do it at home. No one needs to know. Send it in the mail. You send it in the mail, your post office. and uh, As a former mailman, <laughs> when we started yep. seeing those, you know. Oh, the big ones, yeah. said, oh, what color is your poop? You yeah. know, and all of a sudden it's right. like. Order your box and send it to your doctor. And, and these tests are good because, like I said, you do them at home. There's no downtime, no inconvenience. Sure. Um, you do it in the United States. The recommendations are doing it once a year. Okay. With the thought that if it's positive, you go to colonoscopy. Sure. Right? Which makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a good test. It, it It's good at picking up cancers. It's not as good at picking up polyps, as you would imagine, mm -hmm. with colonoscopy. Yeah. The other test that's out there now is the FIT um, DNA testing. Um, Cologuard, which you probably have seen those ads for on TV. Yeah. Yep. That test is is a good test. Once again, it picks up cancers. It's pretty good at picking up larger polyps. Um, it's a little more, I guess, embarrassing for patients because it's not just a little stool sample. You need to like need the whole thing. Oh, the whole. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, and then you package it up and then you send it via UPS. So, sure. Um, Catch. Um, but it, it, you know, it's it's a good test. So, you're seeing more of these tests find a foothold. And I think it's important because the, the best test is the test that someone's going to do. Right? Yeah. If, if you don't do any testing, it, it, you're kind of you're, you're losing sight of the you know, big picture. And, sure. And so if, if you have someone that says, you know what, I'm not doing a colonoscopy, doc, but they'll do one of the, the, the FIT tests once a year, mm -hmm. great. Yep. Yeah. I think I fully understood i'm probably one of those guys yeah of like yeah again i will make that appointment jenny yeah she listens to this but um in as far as kind of gi let's let's back out a little bit yeah away from fear in the rear yeah so go get your test mm -hmm. you know talk to your doctor right um you went to university of minnesota right graduated there yeah specialized in gi yeah what made you get into it I tell people when you're last in your med school class, you don't get a choice. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still called doctor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, so I, um, it was from starting college to hanging up my shingle, it was 15 years of education. 
So it's a long, it's a long haul. Yeah. Um, so it was four years of undergraduate school and then four years of medical school. And then you have to do three years of residency. Mm-hmm. And then I did a chief residency year where you teach the residents and, you know, sure. interns and students at the VA hospital, which was an amazing experience. The veterans are one of my favorite patients. Yeah. Um, and then you have to do GI specialty training, which was another three years. So okay. it's kind of like plumbing. You get put in and you come shooting out. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no stopping. <laughs> sure. Right? But it, it, it takes a long time. And yeah. I think not just for GI but other specialties, you it's a considerable amount of time to get someone through. Sure. And, and as far as being a doctor in the yeah. GI field, yeah, predictable hours? Pretty good, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I only heard that as a rumor of like, oh, why why'd you do that? Well, because nobody's calling you at 2 a.m. Right. right. For a colonoscopy. Right, and I, and I remember when I was at the U, and we were getting coffee in the morning, and, and one of the chest surgeon fellows yep. and the colorectal fellow was there, and I was getting coffee, and, and the chest surgeon was giving the colorectal fellow a hard time. like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and before he even took a sip of coffee, he's like, yeah, you know what? No one goes ass forward through the windshield at 2 in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or not, at, yeah, and and the, the, the chest surgeon who was, like to talk a lot, just yeah. shut down immediately. Yeah, sure. But there, there is some truth to that. He's like, oh, I chose wrong. You did. You chose wrong. <laughs> chose he chose wrong. wrong. Yeah. He chose I wrong. Chose yeah. wrong. To think, you know, training in, in GI was was fun. I think one of the things that I gravitated to in regards to GI because you, it's you just get to pick from all these different specialties, sure. right? When you're in medical school, you don't know what you're really going to do. Uh, most of the the faculty members that I had were exceptional yeah you know no one can take yourself too seriously in gi right you know yeah you know i mean yeah and and so that was that um and it also made sense you know things come in things go out yep you know and so it's kind of beginning and end right there yeah yeah uh you said you kind of had to have a sense of humor yep i think that's i mean what what's your favorite joke like one that just caught you off guard that actually made you laugh out loud as a gi doctor I was out at the VA, and we were getting ready to start a colonoscopy, and I was getting ready to start, and the guy said, air raid Pearl Harbor, this is no drill. <laughs> and it, it kind of caught me off guard and uh, laughed. I mean, I've seen... Did you pull him right back and say, no, this is a drill? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I had one guy ask if we were going to play some Johnny Cash prison tunes. Okay. And that was that was original. Sure. Um, I've seen a lot of tattoos. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some interesting tattoos. Uh, when I was looking here. Yeah. Uh, what did the Jedi or what what the proctologist oh, say sure. to the Jedi? I don't know. These are not the roids you are looking for. <laughs> Have you heard that one before? I have not. That's oh, good. I found one. I thought, yeah. I don't know. So, and and we is... do treat hemorrhoids at, at Buffalo. We've got a vibrant hemorrhoid clinic, um, which... People don't like to talk about either. But you always right. want to hear about it. But it's um, we we can clinic. we treat people's hemorrhoids now there without surgery, and so it's 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 a game changer as well. So. Sure. What is a proctologist? Proctologist is a colorectal surgeon. Okay. Um. So we work in tandem with with them. So, um, when we're in doing our procedures, if we find a big colon cancer, um, we get on the phone and call them, and they're the ones that do the surgery and, sure. and take it out. Sure. Um, if they're really big. Yeah, um, and and there also are our colleagues when we have patients with inflammatory bowel disease that need surgeries. Um, sure. Yeah, and they they once again that their training is uber long as well. I mean, they have mm-hmm. to do general surgery and then specialty training in colorectal. So, 
Do you find that most of your patients have been referred to you from a family doctor or are most people coming right to you and saying, I'm dealing with you this? Know, you know, I think it's probably half and half. Yeah. I think there's a big, you know, misnomer back from, you know, the 1990s early when you had to get a referral from your primary to come in and see a specialist. That's not the case anymore. You can get on the phone and, and call up and make an appointment. Right to the specialist. And that's what, I, once again, I think is kind of refreshing about smaller communities such as Buffalo and, and you know, it's outline people have common sense they know when something's wrong they they know who to call if they're having a cough it's not getting better they're going to call the pulmonary doctor and make an appointment Mm -hmm. yeah my only experience with a gi and i'm pretty sure they're a gi we just went to the doctor i got reminded three years ago uh my son sawyer goes i yeah i swallowed a penny Mm. and he goes it was, a, it was a penny because, oh, it could have been a battery. Uh, we we're worried. We we're yeah. super worried about <laughs> yeah. that. But could have I, been. I, I, I'm, and I'm like, okay, go time. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to see that show up on the yeah. x-ray. Yep. I mean, you could see it right there. Yep. And he said, well, you know, measurement, I mean, are, are we okay? There's no side effects or anything fine. like that. And they said, well, just make sure you, you know, check on it. And, yeah. and for about a year, I said, you know, sorry, did that penny come out? No, it's still in there, you know. We didn't mush through oh, it. Yeah. We figured it just Saving passed. It. But yeah, uh, yeah. he w- he was so proud of that because he got a little beanie baby and yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma- made him feel really comfortable yeah, yeah. in the whole, I'm scared to go into this machine and I've got a piece of metal right. on my x-ray. <laughs> Those little batteries can be bad for yes. young, if they lodge in the esophagus. That's where it gets to be a problem. Yeah. But once they get down to the stomach, it's pretty much a done deal. They'll pass. Yeah. yeah. And, we, and we're very thankful for that. Yeah. So, But it was go time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It I'm possibly a, could be a battery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lodged thanks, in my esophagus. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, Great. which one was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we're looking for the toy that's yeah. no longer working. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So awesome. But uh, so what? The, in regards to referring providers, I think you know the the. Referral base primaries out here has been great. Obviously, we had the tragedy at the Crossroads Clinic, which mm-hmm. has just been horrible. Um, but they're they're now you know working at other clinics and, and, and referring patients. OB Gyne, um, the OB doctors, I think do some of the best jobs at getting their patients in for referrals. I sure. mean, someone's having problems, boom, they get them in, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're very concerned about their patients too. They follow up, they'll call. Um, I've, I found that you can see we've got twins, yeah, and we've been. Thoroughly impressed with the entire staff there. I mean, oh yeah, uh, oh that department's awesome. Yep, the doctor was uh, when we first had Emma. I gave my wife so much crap. Yeah. Oh no, there's another twin behind there. Second time we went in, I didn't even like joke about it, and I'm like, huh? Yeah. But you know, our doctor actually has twins, and so it was kind of that personal connection and and the whole staff, everything. So we've been really, really impressed with with the treatment. It's it's a gem of a facility. I I think. I mean, I think the people in the community realize that, but um, yeah, it's a pretty special place. Yeah, um, just just from the staff to the um, the custodians. I mean, I, the first time I went out there, I was looking, oh, maybe I'd come out here to work, and I went in the wrong door, and I'd never been here, and I'm like lost at the. And this custodian's like, "Hey, you look lost. Can I help you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm looking for so and so." He walked me right down, and I'm like, "Done." Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't see that in some of the downtown H- facilities. HCMC. Good hospital. Yeah. I trained. Yeah. I delivered. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of our boys yeah. were delivered Name, there. Names. Sure. Come on. But no, yeah. but, it's, but it's not the same. It, right. It just, it, it's, it's a not. big hospital. It's a big hospital. You don't have mm-hmm. that personal touch. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So cool. outside of being a doctor, as we kind of like narrow down, we like this last yeah. part. Tell us a little bit about, more about you. What do you like to do? What do I like to do? 
I love to pheasant hunt. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can get out in the North field, Dakota boy. Yeah, if I can get out in the field and hunt with my boys and dogs, I, I love it. Um, sure. I do enjoy spending time, uh, obviously, with the family. Um, and uh, my interest, I love reading history. I was a I was a history major in college. Sure. European history, so I, I enjoy it. European history. Yeah, European. Okay. Yeah. Off air, I have more questions about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. Right. Okay. Off air, I yeah. have more questions about um, that. I met my wife in medical school. She's a physician, um, and she does dermatology. Um, so it's kind of fun <laughs> hearing about her stories. And, um, sure. you know, when we go on vacation, I think we're probably the pastiest people on the beach because it's <laughs> SPF 10,000. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as a family, we like to travel. Obviously, that's not happened yeah. with COVID. Um, yeah. The... Uh, if you had to go, your next vacation. Next vacation. If you had to go, where, where do you want to go? Well, we are going to Disney World. Hey, very Yeah, fun. I very know. Fun. We're going. Um, uh, you know, the parks are down to like 25% capacity, so now's the time to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're vaccinated, do it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. How about you? You guys have anything planned? Trips? Uh, for work, uh, going to Orlando. Oh, nice. Uh, end of May. Okay. So, well, things can change between now and then, but. Yeah. Fingers crossed that we're able to oh, pull go. that off. You'll go. Yeah. Florida's wide open. Dr. Lisko said so. Yep. Yeah. We do our family vacations. You know, every every family has a, a link up to a right. cabin right. up north. Especially so, Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. So my side of the family, wife's side of the family. And then hopefully I can get into Canada by the end of June. We'll see. But uh, currently that, that border's closed yeah, for a fishing gonna be trip. Yeah, that's going to be be a tough lift. If those governments keep on uh, you, peeing each other's Wheaties. <laughs> you go to Ontario? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So up through the angle, and then we fish on the backside. So you stay in Minnesota, but yeah. all the better fishing's in Ontario. We were up near Pickle Lake, yeah. Ontario. Yeah. Way up. And yeah. way up there. You know, you're like getting close to the polar bears, you know. Yeah. Uh, but amazing walleye fishing. Yeah. Just phenomenal. Mm. So I'm hoping that can yeah. happen. Yeah. I'm hoping it can happen. Well, any final words for uh, our 150,000 viewers of Buffalo Community Podcast? You know, I would tell you, you know your body better than anyone else. If you're having symptoms, don't take no for an answer. You know, follow up on it. Um, Bleeding, abdominal pain, change in bowel habits, it should get evaluated. Don't be embarrassed about it. We we deal with this every day. Um, And like I said, with colon cancer, we don't want to kick it down the road and, and diagnose it at a stage three or stage four. We want to, if yeah. we do diagnose it, stage one, it's surgery, um, and that's curative. You don't even need chemotherapy. So, um, yeah. Perfect. Don't be shy. Yeah. Don't, don't be, be bashful. Yeah. Well, doctor, thank you for coming in. We really appreciate the time. Um, want to give our support to Alina, Alina Strong and Buffalo Strong. We're wearing yeah. purple today. It's been a yeah. month since that terrible tragedy. But, uh, again, our community gives all the support to Alina and everybody that's been affected. So yeah, thank uh, again, you. thank you for being here. Thanks for all you do. Uh, for the Buffalo Community Podcast, I'm Tyler Reese. I'm Mark Benzer. And, and this is Dr. Dr. Lisko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went well. Yeah. <laughs>